The Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation preserves, protects, and enhances the future of the Rose Bowl Stadium as a national historic landmark. America's Stadium has hosted two Olympic Games, with a third one coming in 2028, two World Cup Finals, five Super Bowls, and the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl since 1923. It is the epic center of college football and is the most iconic stadium in the world. To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire, which spells inspire2022.org. Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello! Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Wednesday. It's a big Wednesday in USC football land with the Trojan family because after 10 years, this association mandated by the NCAA, Reggie Bush is now back in the fold. Welcome back in by the Trojan family. So we're going to talk all about that with the coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can email us. That's the best way to get a hold of us. Podcast at uscfootball.com. Or if you'd rather call or text us, you can do that too. 424-254-9141 is the number. Please subscribe. Any of the podcasting apps. Leave us a positive review. Uh, Some five-star ratings are always awesome. If you're on Apple Podcasts, especially the former iTunes, please leave us uh, five stars there. Something nice, write something nice about the show if you like it, and uh, tell your friends. Really helps to grow the show. We do appreciate you spending some time doing all of that. But we want to welcome in the coach Harvey Hyde to the show. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. I tell you, we got some warm weather out here in Southern California, but uh, somewhere in the world it's hotter. That's what I used to tell my team when I was coaching at UNLV. Let's take advantage of the heat, and they used to look at me like, "What?" I said, yeah, because when teams come to play us, we want to schedule right in the heat of the day, all of our games. But because when we go there, they play theirs in the evening when it's 10 degrees below zero for us to get used (laughs) to that. (laughs) Let's just take advantage of it. And it's a beautiful day and it's uh, getting closer to football season. So what can I say? Yeah, getting closer to football season. There's been a lot of off-season, extended off-season talk when spring practice was canceled and everyone's staying inside and all of that. But USC, there's been some good luck there. There's been some positive news, a lot on the recruiting front. And now, today, USC announced, they sent out an email earlier today, President Carol Folt, Athletic Director Mike Bone, they're welcoming back Reggie Bush into the Trojan family after a 10-year NCAA-mandated disassociation with USC. That concluded today, Wednesday, June 10th. That is over. Reggie Bush is now welcome in to the Trojan family. If you recall, back uh, last fall, Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart, Urban Meyer, part of the Fox crew, were on the Coliseum floor when USC was playing 
Utah, USC wasn't even allowed to have photos of the players or the, th- the game going on, anything on the field, if Reggie Bush was in the background. This was a complete disassociation, which was just agreed. Just seemed like a terrible idea at the time. It's still a terrible idea today, but that is finally over. Uh, Carol Folt wrote, I'm pleased to inform you that all restrictions and, pro- and prohibitions of your involvement in our athletic program are officially removed, and you will be afforded the privileges and courtesies extended to all Trojan football alumni. So she wrote that to Reggie Bush. He said, I've dreamed of this day for 10-plus years, and I'm excited to come home. So really good news. Uh, Mike Bone said, uh, when I was hired to represent the Trojan family as director of athletics, I committed to listening and learning before leading. Throughout this process, one of the consistent themes that emerged from my discussions were how much Reggie Bush means to our former players, USC alumni, and fans everywhere. I've enjoyed getting to know Reggie uh, on so many of his teammates, and I'm pleased his disassociation has ended so we can welcome him back to our family. I'm confident that Reggie will use his incredible platform and influential voice to support and empower all of our student athletes. So bravo to USC for jumping on this at the earliest convenience right away. The first day he was allowed to come back. I'm glad they had this ready. This is also part of that new athletic department. Uh, They're making the right moves. Uh, So really happy with that. The big news would be, Hey, the next step, we, we don't know anything about Reggie Bush's Heisman. Uh, I think uh, Ivan Menzel did an interview or uh, tried to get a comment from the Heisman Trust, and they said they had no comment at this time. But Reggie Bush did go on Colin Cowherd's show earlier today and said he definitely would want uh, his Heisman Trophy back. He had His actually specific words were, hell yes. Uh, so that's what he wanted back. He says, would I love to have it back? Hell yes. Uh, so to say that I don't want it back would be a lie. I do want to uh, be completely honest about that. 100%. I want my Heisman trophy back, but also at the same time, I'm more focused on the kids now because of what happened to me is in the past. So Reggie wants it back. Uh, you're seeing national media talk about, uh, wanting, you know, to, to restore his Heisman and bring that back. I hate the fact that USC has been saying they only have six Heisman trophies. I think they need to say they have seven. Put some more pressure on the Heisman Trust. No reason in the world that he shouldn't have that Heisman Trophy back. Everyone saw what he did on the field. Completely deserved it. So I think these are all great steps in the right direction. And finally, after 10 years of this cloud over the program, USC is back with USC football and back in the Trojan family. Coach, sorry, that was a long ramble into that. What do you think about it? Well, I want to tell you what, you sort of summarized it really well. You know how I felt all along regarding Reggie Bush. And welcome home, Reg. I'll tell you what, uh, you've been missed. I thought he was a great uh, athlete and a great person. And he's really loved by the athletes that have not only played at UNL, not at UNL, the USC, but all over the football world. You hear players and kids talk about him all the time. And in fact, Steps got a 15 yard penalty when he handed him the ball. If it hadn't been. Reggie Bush there standing, he wouldn't have got a 15-yard penalty. But I'd say that's how popular he is. And I'm so happy that he's back. Uh, it sort of seems to me, I don't know, time flies by. Ten years. I can't believe it's been ten years already. But congratulations, come home. And I've said from the very beginning when uh, when they took his Heisman Trophy, I told him I wouldn't have sent it back. If you remember that, I said it right here on our podcast. I wouldn't send it back. That's something he won on the field. That's something he deserves, and I think they should send it back, and they should send the one back to the university, as you just mentioned a moment ago. I think his 
his uh, his uh, billboard should go back up in the Coliseum where they display all the people. Every single right and every single thing that he has, he should be given back and welcome back. And I'm so happy that happened. And I mean, really, you know, uh, he's been a class guy during the entire thing. I don't think I ever heard him say anything negative about the punishments or whatever the, they gave him, sanctions. I don't know what you want to call it, but I'm, I'm glad to see him back at USC. I'm glad to see it, too. And uh, props to the athletic department for jumping on this um, right away. The whole thing is just a farce. I think at the beginning, if you remember back when the sanctions were coming out and, you know, Mike Garrett said that people were jealous about USC. He just, he wasn't really uh, communicating, you know, in a, in a way that was going to help the program. But some of what he said, I think was right. USC was on top of the world. And uh, this was a, a way to try to bring them back down. Uh, Paul D, the former, you know, the he has unfortunately passed away since then. But Paul D, the former athletic director at Miami, it just seemed like he wanted to have a program get hammered more than his program did. Um, and he assured that that happened. They even I remember saying at the time, coach, where they thought that they didn't go far enough. Um, and this isn't something that and I, I think the thing that I makes me the most upset about this coach, Reggie Bush, USC didn't do anything. Like they, they didn't win extra games because of anything that happened to Reggie Bush. They didn't, it's not Cam Newton where he, they paid Reggie Bush to come to USC. He was already at USC. These were wannabe marketer agent people that were trying to pay him to leave USC. USC had no benefit from whatever benefits Reggie Bush got out of this. His family getting a house in, in San Diego or whatever. USC didn't benefit on the field because of anything that happened. Any impermissible benefits happened with Reggie Bush where Auburn won a national championship because they paid to get Cam Newton. I mean, it's like a completely different thing. So uh, there was no benefit to the USC football program. So to have these kind of harsh sanctions and make sure you disassociate with Bush just made no sense to me. And the funny thing is, Coach, it's one of those unintended consequences thing happens where USC is not allowed to, to mention Reggie Bush anymore. We still talk to recruits today. I mean, I've talked to recruits just a few weeks ago they were three years old when Reggie Bush was winning the Heisman and they still talk about him being a reason they want to come to USC. So you've almost made him this like mythical, you know, creature by make, having this disassociation and it's probably helped USC recruiting even more because of it. So um, yeah, th that's just one of those things coaches. It just never, I mean, coach, it never sat well with me that they had to disassociate from Reggie Bush and all this. And, and the media, in the beginning, we're like kind of getting on USC. Like, yeah, they're cheating. They're doing all this stuff. And over the years, all of them have backed off of that. And they're all like, this was stupid. This was all the NCAA's fault. This wasn't USC's fault. So and I know it's probably too little too late, but it is good to see that the media has kind of shifted gears. Uh, and we've been on this story from the very beginning. Reggie Bush, uh, you know, Dan Weber, we had been writing about this a lot. Um the trial, we've been at all those, all those things. Like we've been a, a part of this story from the very beginning, and it's good to see that the media have kind of come around. And you see guys like Ivan Manzel um, saying, "Hey, he should get his Heisman back." And there's no one out there going, "Oh yeah, USC got off easy." They're all saying, "Yeah, the NCAA just overreached, and this was stupid." You're right, right, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised at the first home game if he isn't working, and he'll probably be working for Fox. That they honor him. Maybe when they do a when Fox does one of the Trojan games, they'll honor him at halftime or the beginning of the game or something. And you watch Blaze go crazy. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that would be a smart move. 
this has been a department that has done a lot of smart moves. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if that's uh, their next, th- that would be the next step. Uh, I think that's the way to go about it. If there's anything they can do to get the Heisman back, um, I think the USC athletic department should help with that. Um, you know, honoring him at the first game, you know, p- first possible game, um, I think would be, you know, really smart to do. So, you know, I, I got to give full props to this athletic department that was ready for this right away. Uh, you know, we, they understood how much this meant. I think Mike bone understood how much this meant. They probably scratched their head. Like, I can't believe this was even happening. Uh, and the whole reason this could happen, uh, three years ago, the NCAA changed their rules. So disassociations could only last 10 years and not in perpetuity. So, which, which was crazy to begin with, but that, that changed three years ago. And then I think it was Dave Roberts, who was the interim athletic director was like doing an interview and just kind of casually mentioned that, that, oh, well, by the way, the, the Reggie Bush thing will end after 10 years because they, NCAA changed their rules. We're like, wait, what? So uh, that that was sort of kind of set the ball rolling that they, the NCAA changed that rule and allowed it. And it's up to the school. So the school didn't have to bring Reggie Bush back. And I know there's some USC fans and alumni that aren't happy with Reggie Bush. They want to see him uh, make some kind of apology or something. And we'll see if anything like that happens over the years. But I think for the most part, Coach, fans have been on Reggie Bush's side. They've wanted to, they've wanted to bring him back into the fold. And it was good on the department that they would get, jump on this at the first possible moment when when they could put this out there. He's welcome back. You got the president. You got the athletic director. You got quotes from Reggie. Reggie going on uh, Colin Coward's show. It was a coordinated effort uh, to get this out there. It's going to dominate the headlines in a positive way and give this you know movement to get his Heisman back some momentum from what they did today. They could have just you know, not even done a press release and said, yeah, he's welcome back and that's fine, but we're not going to make a big deal out of it. They made a big deal out of it. And I think that's a, I think that was a good thing. I think it is too. I think it uh, shows a lot of support towards the athletics, uh, the department and to the players and athletes that play there. And, uh, I'm happy about the whole situation and, uh, I hope they continue with this and they do honor him. And maybe at one of the games, if they get the Heisman back, they'll bring it out and present it to him right there during the game and uh, put his name up and do the whole thing the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah, they got to do it the right way, and they, so far they've been doing it. Um, we actually have a, a voicemail about Reggie. I'll play it for you, Coach, and get your thoughts. Here you go. Curtis from Moreno Valley. I have an effect that we haven't been thinking about. If they let Reggie Bush be on the sideline at USC football games is going to be real hard to beat us. Think how hard they played in front of him against Utah. And on injuries, if we beat a team or they beat us, there's no excuses. If we beat Utah and their first-string running back, their star running back, didn't uh, play in the game, in that case, it's because we put him out. I'll give you credit if the person is hurt before the game. But if we put him out, we get credit for that. Curtis from Moreno Valley. 
Curtis, my man, always good to hear your voice. I think we missed Curtis last week. I really missed him on our podcast. Yeah. I do, uh, but Curtis, uh, thank you very much for your comments. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, the great win against uh, Utah was a, a fabulous win. And uh, I agree. I think when you have your great stars on the sideline of the past and so on, they motivate the young players and they know what they represent as far as for the university. And I don't know how many games he'll be able to be at because he works on Saturday. But whenever he can or go to practice or be around the football program and the athletic department and so on, I think it's absolutely fabulous, fabulous. And uh, I think it'll be a very positive move. Uh, for the entire athletic department as well as the football program. And uh, I think it's great. And as far as your uh, discussion, as far as knocking that guy out, yes, uh, he did get injured in the game, and it did hurt their offense because he's a heck of a back. And uh, I don't know if anybody should get credit for that, but that's exactly what happened. He was injured during the game. So uh, something happened during the game where he had to be taken out of the game. And uh, – it's unfortunate he got hurt, because I think the Trojans would have won anyway, but he's a great player. Yeah, Curtis doesn't like when we talk about, well, USC beat this team, but they didn't have, you know, this guy. Uh, you know, knocking out Moss, I think, was a big deal. Uh, the big one was Jaden Daniels and ASU. I think that was one that uh, Curtis doesn't like when I mentioned that. Um, and Chase Garbers, too, at Cal. Um if he's healthy this year, that's going to be a tough game, too. But I love that we're starting to talk about actual football like we think it's really going to happen and we hope it's going to happen and we do hope it's going to happen. This Reggie Bush stuff, it's a nice distraction, but we want to hear the actual season. Uh, I don't know if USC is going to be unbeatable by having Reggie Bush be on the sidelines. He's probably not going to be on the sidelines because he's working at, at Fox, but you know, at, to have him honored or something like that. And that maybe Fox would even, you know, have their show at USC, you know, have the show at the Coliseum because they were going to honor Reggie Bush. The last time it was just so weird when he was there, but he couldn't be like honored, you know, he couldn't know what you couldn't even like USC didn't even acknowledge that he was there. So, you know, maybe you have a game where they, you, you bring out uh, the, the Fox crew and Reggie Bush leads him out of the tunnel. And then he goes and does his, you know, analyst role. I, I think all that would be great. So uh, Curtis. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's going to be in a lot of games, so it's not going to give uh, USC this uh, veil of un unbeatability because he, he's got a regular job to do. But I think it certainly will help uh, morale when he's around, and uh, can't. That's not a bad thing. Uh, Ryan, oh, yeah. do you know if they, do you know if they play a Friday night game this year, the Trojans? Uh, there was. Let me check real quick, Coach. I think it's been so long since I looked at the. Uh, I know. Me too. I can't remember. Yeah. So they um, like options there. You have uh, you know the Alabama game, New Mexico. So that's you know in Arlington, New Mexico. Um, probably don't really want Reggie Bush at, at that one, uh, on the road at Stanford, like the ASU game, that could be a good one, uh, in the Coliseum, uh, you know, and then they play at Utah, they got Cal, um, at Arizona, there's a bye week, uh, Colorado at home at Oregon, uh, Washington at home at UCLA and then, uh, Notre Dame. So it's, uh, it's pretty, oh, as far as Fridays go. Sorry, I'll yeah. let me pull that up. Um, because that's when it could be done. Oh, you think so? Well, you know, he if he's working, he could be there and then fly out and go wherever he has to go, you know? 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's see, twenty sixth. I think. Oh, the Utah. So the Utah game's on the road. I believe that one is on a Friday. So I think it's only on the road uh, at a Friday. So that's uh, you know maybe he can he can do that. But the other games look like they're all Saturday games, Coach. So just uh, the the road Utah game, which really wouldn't really wouldn't help. Well, I don't like Friday night games anyway. I think that's high school football uh, night <laughs> where you know where the high schools deserve the time and so on. But we got football every night now on television. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, start answering your questions. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Uh USC recruiting has gone has been going really well. They're up to number uh, four in the country. A little bit of news. So Miller Moss, who uh, Bishop Alamany, four-star quarterback, committed to uh, USC. He had a final four of USC, UCLA, uh, Alabama, and LSU. Picked the Trojans, liked the Trojans since he was a kid. Uh, then it came out this week that he was actually going to transfer to modern day high school. So another Modern day quarterback will be coming to USC. Uh, our buddy Rick in La Mirada wrote in. He said, great pickup of Miller Moss, but have we heard from Jake Garcia yet? So Jake Garcia is the other uh, highly ranked quarterback, four-star quarterback that USC has committed. He said, pulling for Slovis, but, quote, sophomore slump is infamous for a reason. Class looking great, needs to book uh, ends to finish. Curious if you think once the COVID travel ban is lifted, we keep the hard commits. Overall thoughts, guys. Thank you very much. Stay sh- stay safe, Rick and uh, La Mirada. Well, you know, uh, I keep saying this uh, all along. You know, uh, Miller's really getting a lot of pub. And if I'm Jake Garcia, I sort of wonder, you know, I'm the five-star. He's the four-star. And, uh, I, you know, I think that you've got to give equal pub to both young quarterbacks coming in. And uh, kids have egos like anything else. And uh, the media, you don't want the media uh, trying to decide who the starting quarterback should be or who the best quarterback is. That's got to be done on the practice field itself. So if I'm uh, Coach Clay Helton or anyone out there, I mean, I'd start talking about Jake Garcia a little bit too, who did a transfer too, because they're both great players. Uh, Jake's a little bit of a different type of player as far as he can move around a little bit more. Miller's a pretty good passer and does his thing. 
But uh, I think that you got to treat both of these guys equal from the beginning. And uh, Jake, uh, because he committed early, uh, has sort of uh, got out of the limelight for a while. And I think that he should be brought back into the limelight or maybe cut back a little bit on Miller Moss and the limelight he's getting. Now, as far as if you can do that, as far as in the sports information department, I think you've got to treat all your players equally, no matter who they are. And uh, because they're not stars yet, everybody's making these guys stars before they even get on campus. And uh, that's one thing that I don't know if I like or not, because it's a whole different, there's no more team attitude, more or less. It's a me type of attitude. And that should be a team type of attitude. So, you know, that that's, just, uh, I, I agree with him on that. And uh, uh, as far as keeping the class, uh, we talked about this last week on the podcast. You'll keep the class and you'll get a better class if they have a great year, if they play great football and win 10 to 11 football games. They'll even get better players because people want to go where you win. People want to go where you get exposure. People want to play on Sunday. People want to have all those things that you, you know, national television. And when you win, you're the game of the week. And when you win, you've got prime time. And if you don't, you're playing at 8 o'clock at night or somewhere where nobody's even up in the East Coast. So uh, it all determined on how the Trojans do, if they can keep these players, and also uh, on the publicity part of it, uh, maintain a some type of uh, equal type of uh, equal type of exposure, where these guys don't uh, get all blown out of proportion. Because I think it's just uh, too much for a young player, too much pressure for a young player, and everything else to try to sometimes live up to who they are and come to campus, and you have a difficult deal on that. You really do. And uh, you want your players to be liked by all the players. You want your quarterbacks to get along with each other, and, and you want to keep them, as this, young, as this gentleman mentioned. And if you don't, you're not going to keep them. You won't get them both. I'm going to tell you that right now, unless, you know, unless you keep them both equal. Yeah, you got to win games, and I think that's going to be the key. You know, We've mentioned this a few times before. You're seeing players commit during this extended NCAA dead period because of the coronavirus um, at a much higher rate. Will we see players decommit at a even higher rate after this? Hard to say, but it's probably going to be the case. You get more commitments. There's pro- there's going to be some percentage that are decommitments. Uh, and for USC, the, the key is just having success on the field right now. There's a lot of momentum as far as excitement, talking about new coaching staffs, why, why everything is going to be better. But the ultimate litmus test comes on Saturdays when are you better? And if you go out and lay a couple of eggs early, are these commits like, oh, yeah, this isn't working. This isn't going to be where I want to be. And negative recruiting could happen and all that. So, yeah, I think you could lose the class. As far as Jake Garcia goes, uh, Miller Moss made it clear during his recruitment. We haven't heard a ton from Jake Garcia on this. Miller Moss made it pretty clear like he was going to come in and compete. Didn't matter who's committed and stuff already. Um, you know, there's definitely been speculation that USC could lose Garcia. Uh, and you know, certainly that's a possibility. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, we'll see if both those guys get to start playing high school football, Moss, you know, transferring to modern day where it looks like they have a better chance of starting on time than maybe some of the LA County schools. Who knows? Um, we might not, we might see one, you know, might not see the other. Uh, that we have to kind of wait and see with all that. USC does want to bring in two quarterbacks in this class, though. So if Garcia decided to uh, decommit, then they would probably have to find uh, someone else to bring in. 
if you just to keep in mind, we'll talk some recruiting here, but Gerard Martinez, our recruiting analyst, does an amazing job with his podcast. He has a new one called The Recruiting Rant. It's all the inside detailed stuff you'd want. He knows everything about what's going on with recruiting. You can only see that one at uscfootball.com or listen to that one. It's not on our regular podcast feeds because it's for our VIP members only. You can do that for a dollar. So if you want to go check it out, it's completely you know cheap to do that if you're not a VIP member already. But you should be. Uh, if you like USC football. All right, let's move on to the next question. Frank in Sacramento, speaking of quarterbacks, he's, his subject was, did JT Daniels pull a Ricky Town? Uh, if you don't recall, Ricky Town came in the same class as Sam Darnold. He came in early in the spring. Sam Darnold came over the summer. And within a couple of weeks, Ricky Town transferred uh, out of the program. Just you know, likely seeing how good Sam Darnold was. But he said, uh, just wondering if JT Daniels moved to Georgia was because he saw that he would never get on the field again unless Keaton Slovis got hurt. Sort of like Ricky Town deferring to Sam Darnold, Frank and Sacramento. Well, I think that uh, when you have a chance to see a young player do well and you you figure that, you know, he's got your position and you're going to have to go out and compete to get it back and, you know, all the records he had and everything else went along with it and the media as far as praising him and the awards that he got. You know, he sort of sit back and from being the, the, the guy, from being the guy your entire life from high school to USC to all of a sudden being the guy on the sideline with the crutches, it's hard for a young man. And then again, to hear that uh, he's got to beat somebody out and he's never had to do that really. Uh, in a comp- competitive type of thing where uh, where he is number two. And right now, he probably assumed in his mind that that's the only way he'd get to play if, uh, if uh, Kenny got hurt. So he made a decision to leave USC. Well, you know, everybody's heard me talk about this. I, I don't like it, but uh, a lot of quarterbacks are doing that now. A lot of players are doing that now. As far as rather than compete, they go try to find themselves a new spot. So he goes to a different spot. We talked about it last week. He goes way across country, which is a complete different type of atmosphere for him. I don't know if that's what he was looking for, but he'll find out exactly what it's like to live and play in the Southeastern Conference and and uh, see that the lights of Hollywood aren't there and why uh, football is such a big thing down there, where people really take it serious. But he's not going to be handed the position down there. He's not going to be a JT Daniels out of Modern Day High School. Those guys don't even know where Modern Day High School is down there, the players. All they want to do is see if he can play and help them. And uh, so he's got to reestablish himself, and uh, he's going to have to compete against other great players because they're not uh, – they have great players too. But they run the football a little bit more, and I think that'll help him more than what USC has and open up the playoff game or the play action pass for him. But it's not going to be easy to go down to Georgia and uh, be a starting quarterback. So he's got quite a challenge on him there and being away from home at a different location and all of the above. And kids get homesick. Whether you believe it or not, you get homesick, okay? I spoke about that last week. I went to Georgia when I was stationed down there, when I was in the service. It's a complete different atmosphere than living in Orange County or living at Manhattan Beach or going to USC. Yeah. No, it's a completely different um, 
but we wish him the best, obviously. Uh, you know, I think when Keaton Slovis comes in and plays that well, it doesn't look like you're going to get your starting job back. There's probably going to be some opportunities. There would have been some for him to play. That's now, you know, that's all gone. Obviously, he's on, on his way to Georgia. Uh, we'll see if he gets some kind of exemption to be able to play right away. Otherwise, he'll sit and, and try to figure it out uh, in the 2021 season. So we'll we'll keep you up to date on what we hear over there on uh, JT Daniels. But I think it's a little different than Ricky Town. I mean, Ricky Town never started for USC, where JT Daniels started for a year and got hurt. He's more is a Wally Pip kind of thing, not really uh, come in and go, well, I'm out of here because uh, there's someone better. Uh, this one is from Lloyd about the offensive line. He says, I kind of see the offensive line as one of the biggest weaknesses. I mean, how many times was the quarterback hit last year and now we're replacing both tackles? With JT Daniels gone, quarterback uh, could uh, could be another weakness. Uh, am I right? Or is Helton is another weakness? Uh, Lloyd. Lloyd, we got to do a little proofreading here. Uh, yeah, try to proofread your emails if you guys can because then we're reading things that just don't look quite right. Um, yeah, so... What do you think about the offensive line coach? Do you think quarterback, I, th- I assume he's meaning port- quarterback depth is a weakness because uh, Keaton Slovis is obviously a really good quarterback, but with him and Matt Fink as the only scholarship guys, the depth could certainly be an issue. No, it is. It's cert- it's definitely an issue. And the uh, you've got to protect your quarterback. And the offensive line is the one that's responsible for that, along with the blocking schemes they put in and the type of passing routes they're going to throw. And they better really keep that in their mind as far as understanding if they lose this guy, uh, it's uh, far in between. Uh, now, Matt Fink did a great job as far as when he played, but he's not uh, uh, Kendon. So you, your whole season uh, is dependent on that. So, yes, the offensive line is key. And do I think that they're still a little soft? Yes, I do. And uh, I, I'm somewhat puzzled. And uh, that, and nothing against the recruits that they've signed, because they'll develop into players. I hope, but they have to all be redshirted and grow grow up a little bit. I think is why they don't get the great offensive linemen that they've gotten in the past. Is it recruiting? What is it? Why wouldn't you want to go to USC as a great uh, offensive lineman? Uh, every other position seems to be all four stars, five stars. Uh, guys that have really been able to perform on the high school level. But it seems as though in the offensive line type of situation at USC, over the last several years, it's been all a three-star, maybe a four-star here and there player. And I'm not saying stars are everything, but I'm saying as far as success in coming in as a potential starter, as a freshman or sophomore, is very important because you are a great football player. And uh, I hate to have projects. What I mean by projects, that's what we used to call players. Projects, when they have to come through, you got to work with them. they got to spend a year in the weight room and so on to become physical enough to block the type of people that they have to block in the competition they play, uh, big, fast, strong kids. And uh, sometimes they just get overpowered because they're not mature enough yet to do that. So uh, that's a big concern for me. I, I've talked about that all along as far as not only the pass blocking issue, but also the running game. Yeah. Because by having a running game, you protect your quarterback more because you really don't know if it's a run or pass. So you can't just tee off and you know where your quarterback's going to be and go after him. So 
I, this has been a key thing with me for the last several years. Yeah, and, and what I would say, Coach, is it, the recruiting side has been fine with offensive linemen. Now, this last class was a lot of projects, like you had mentioned. Um, to me, it was more about the player development. And I don't think uh, under Neil Callaway they really developed these guys. Um, I don't feel like it's been great so far. That you know, It's only been a, a year with uh, Tim Drevno. I think that's got to get better. We'll see. Um, how he's able to develop these guys. But look at the last couple of offensive linemen USC had drafted. Um, you know, Chuma Adoga came in as a highly ranked five-star guy and just looked at his USC career as an underachieving career, but still went fairly high, I think, in the third round because of that potential. So to me, they look at him. You had the athlete. You had the great athlete. And USC didn't do enough with him to make him a first-round draft pick. But they drafted him anyway pretty high because – they feel like they could develop them. Um, and I same thing with that Austin Jackson went really high, you know, middle of the first round, came in as a five-star. Was he like this dominant force at USC? Like, no, he was really good. Um, did he get a lot better? That's a, that's another question. So I think the player development coach for me has been the, the glaring uh, weakness. Absolutely. And uh, I think that's why if you're not getting a five-star type of player, if you can't develop a five-star player, then how are you going to develop a three- and two-star player? Yeah. I mean, that's my point. So uh, I think you've got to recruit the type of player that can, you know, go in there and develop into a real player and forecast them to be a first-round draft choice and play to their potential, not in the NFL, but play to their potential at USC or whatever school they're going to. Yeah. And I'd like to see that develop. And maybe one reason they're not developing is they're only doing one thing. They're not doing all the other things that are necessary as far as run blocking and the different things you need to learn as far as getting off the line of scrimmage, blocking one-on-one, doing all the different things. So, you know, it could be a combination of things, but I agree with our caller. The offensive line is key as far as for this next year, as far as protecting the quarterback and also running the football, which I hear him talk about, but I don't believe it until I see it. And again, I don't know what they're going to do with the new tight end. They got that seven on scholarship. So I don't know where they're going to play or who they're going to take off the field. Yeah. All right. Uh, that was from Lloyd. Thank you, Lloyd. One last one, Frank in Sacramento. He, uh, the subject is Petros Papadakis is an angry man. So if you don't know, I did a little lunch with a Trojan uh, last week with Petros Papadakis. We actually had some technical difficulties. First show went maybe like 35 minutes and Petros was kind enough to Come on again. We did another like 45 minutes or so. So we had two shows together um, and uh, it was fun. We had, it was an interesting conversation, but Frank says he's an angry man. He says, listen to the recent lunch with the Trojan podcast. I got the impression that Petros is a very angry man. Other than Sark, he took shots at everybody from Pete Carroll all the way to the current LA times, USC reporter, Ryan Carsey. My biggest laugh came when he said he liked Scott Wolf. Maybe a 12th championship will unsour him on the program one day. Frank in Sacramento. Well, Petros is old school, man. uh, Petros knows what a football player is, okay? He's been around football players his whole life. He's been uh, around his father his whole life. He grew up with a football in his playpen. And uh, football to him is physical. Football to him is is, uh, you bring your... uh, Helmet, I'll bring mine, or if that didn't, if we don't have a short practice, I'll bring my lunch. We'll have lunch at halftime and continue with the, with the debate. Uh, Petros is old school, and he he sometimes 
Uh, he's very knowledgeable, very smart person. He gets a lot from the background of his father going to football games when he was very young. And he sometimes gets bothered when people start comparing some of these younger players with some of the great players of the past. And he feels that sometimes people don't really understand the great teams, the great players that have played at USC and the great tradition at USC and how that tradition was developed at USC where these people come in and play under the foundation of the program that the past players have built. The best players and teams that have played at USC under McKay and Robinson and Pete Carroll and so on is, is what has built the foundation of who USC Trojan football is. And uh, he feels probably that uh, my feeling is I get along with Petros very well because he knows what a football player is and what a football player needs to do to perform and and uh, be a part of a program. And uh, he's more of a type of guy it's, that it's team and not me. And uh, he's played under that. His father has ta- taught him that as far as a young guy coming up and working in the restaurant and everything else that he did. And uh, he's a prideful person. He's got a lot of pride in USC. And if you cut his veins, he would bleed cardinal and gold. He would. So it's hard for him to talk like that because he's had to go along with a lot of things during the last several years that he didn't agree with. And I think he's got to a point now where he doesn't care and he's going to tell you what he thinks. And it's just his opinion. And you have to value it. You can't take it personal. When you ask him a question, he'll give you a straight answer. And I respect that. Yeah, I've always got along with Petros. And, uh, you know, he's taken shots at me on Twitter or, you know, we've gone back and forth a little bit. It's, you know, it's fun. Um, so there's, it's good. I, I wouldn't say he, he doesn't hate USC. I think it's just one of those things where he hates the way the leadership at USC has been acting and what they've been doing. And I think he's right. I mean, there, there was really poor leadership and he's kind of not going to give the new leadership much credit until he sees what's happening on the field. And that's fine. I think any fan or anyone, you know, you can do that. I'm just saying we've seen a lot of little wins and singles by this new administration. Getting Reggie Bush back is a, is a big one. Um, you know, canceling the UC Davis game, like fixing a lot of the errors of the previous athletic directors is, I don't know, maybe you don't give them a lot of credit for, but those guys, those other athletic directors made all these mistakes and now this this athletic director comes in and he's got to fix them. So I'm going to give him credit when he's fixing some of this stuff. He's listening to people who are like, wow, people really care about Reggie Bush. They wouldn't have cared. Like, other athletic directors wouldn't have cared. You could have told Lin Swan, hey, we care about this. He's not going to listen to you. He could give a crap. He didn't care. Um, not that he could definitely do something about it, but he wasn't going to care. And I think Mike Bone and their staff, they care. And I think that's a big deal. So they're uh, they're listening and they're trying to make things uh, better. And Petros is someone I think that wants things to be better. He's complained about the things that were wrong. He'll continue to do that. And he's going to be skeptical, uh, that he's not going to be like, Oh yeah, they're turning it around now. They're basically have to slap him in the face with, you know, um, greatness. And then I think he'll believe it. And so I don't know if it's a 12th championship that will unsour him, Frank, but it's not about being soured. It's just being about, I think he's being realistic about, how bad the program has fallen and such of the good, you know, so much of the, the positive things that have happened in the program are like kind of just 
inherent to just being at USC. It's not because you had these great leaders. You had you had leaders that were a, around a great team and great things can happen. It wasn't because of that great leadership. And I think that's just one of those things where now you hope USC has, I know you have USC has much better leadership. You hope it's great leadership and you hope that great leadership can, you know, achieve greatness. And they're making little steps towards that right now. Petros isn't really, to, you know, willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. And that's his prerogative. Uh, but I wouldn't say he's this, you know, angry man that just hates USC and soured on USC. I think he's just trying to be realistic and tell you why he thinks that they've been so bad the last 10 years. Ryan, uh, I'll tell you, Petros loves USC. He's in love with USC. He's a Trojan. His family's a Trojan. That's why he so probably wants it to be the way it was and should be. And when these things aren't the way they're supposed to be, then he's upset about it. I mean, the the uh, USC Trojan uh, football alumni, the players not really feeling wanted around campus or wanted around practice and all the different things that happened during this period of time during the past administration has really hurt the feelings of past players. I talked to the past players. I know. I know what he's talking about. I know exactly how they feel. They weren't they didn't feel a part of the program any longer. It wasn't them, the dues, what they did. They they wanted to be there. They loved the program and, and Petro sees this along as with his family and everybody else, the past eras of great Trojan tradition. So Petro, to think Petros doesn't like USC, no, he doesn't like him. He loves him. He loves the tradition. He loves football. He loves the colors. But he wants to be it done right. And he wants to feel as though that that should be done a certain way, and that's 100% correct. And I have to tell you, Mike Bowen, I think, is doing his very best at doing that. I think he's done more in the short period of time he's been there than either of the past two athletic directors. It was more about them than it was the Trojan program. Yeah, well said, Coach. I couldn't agree with you more. All right, well, that's all we got for today. Anything else on your mind, Coach? No, nope. Just to enjoy always being with you guys out there, and thank you again for checking in with us and uh, get us some questions for next week. And, Ryan, you be good out there. Be safe, and for all of you out there, be safe and take care of yourself and your family. Yeah, everyone be safe. We do appreciate you uh, listening and hopefully you're happy about the uh, Reggie Bush being back in the fold with USC. So um, props to the athletic department again. Way to go. Uh, glad you guys got that done. And let's see what happens going forward if that seventh Heisman Trophy comes back to USC. All right, let's go to wrap it up. I am Ryan Abraham. That is the coach Harvey Hyde. Thanks so much for tuning in. And we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.